0: Welcome back to the Flatback 4 podcast. In this episode, we react to semi-final wins for England and Italy. And we give our predictions of who we think will win the final. Okay, lads, we're going to talk about the the Euro 2020 uh, semi-final results. Uh, The first game was obviously England and Denmark, and the second game was Italy and Spain. Actually, we'll go. We'll speak about the Italy and Spain game first, Dixon. Are you still confident of Italy? Obviously, going on to win, they didn't look the best in that game, but they definitely uh, won ugly, didn't they? Yeah, Um that's right.
1: They've been a, a characteristic of Italy in the, the past. past, they know how to win ugly, and uh, they're masters of the dark arts. So, um, I'm not as confident after seeing the game, yet, and they're starting to dig out results uh, as well. Um I think we've got to give credit to them, but we'll speak about that later anyway. But yeah, like this, this final is a toss up, I think. Um could go anyway, but I'll just agitately, it I'll I'll back my uh, original
0: original favourites. Yeah, Kenneth, the game itself, um, Spain actually done really well, didn't they? They bossed it. We we actually spoke about um Spain actually bossing the midfield and the, the Italian midfield had been brilliant in the tournament. What do you think of that game yourself?
2: Brilliant game, I thought, of football. Um, I definitely agree with you. I thought Spain were fantastic. The energy they had for the whole 120 minutes, especially after playing 220-minute games before. So I thought their energy levels would be low. Very smart tactical move by uh, Enrique playing Dani Almo, false nine, and kind of gave them an extra midfielder there to actually win the midfield battle. Um, Almo really came on to Jorginho and you know gave Busquets uh, Koke and um, Pedri, freedom them to Rome and they definitely bossed the game. Unlucky, couple of chances. Ariazabal missed as well? Sitters, very unlucky game. But they really impressed me in that game. And uh, yeah, like credit to Spain. There, I have to get. I, I thought they'd be beaten well in that game, but credit to them. Yeah, it's interesting. Kind
1: of, yeah. Sorry. Uh, that yeah. all that all more decision to play him in the nine. I thought was was genius by Luis Enrique because. There was times when Banucci was coming out, uh trying to follow him out, but gaps. and I think if Ferran Torres and Oriazabal were
2: back in those wide
1: positions, they would have capitalised on them chances because they had in particular had a few chances.
2: A few sitters there, I thought myself, there, especially a header in the first half. Um yeah. Almo created so much. He created so much and he kind of sat on Jorginho. Jorginho's been the boss for Italy, so a very clever tactical move and Enrique actually showed he has a tactical side to him. I thought it was just all football on the floor, moving around like uh the Barcelona way, but he actually has a tactical side to him, so I was very impressed with that.
0: Yeah, because I think um obviously with lady and Benucci, they like a striker that's wants to battle with them, you know, rather than I think they'd prefer playing against, you know, someone who actually steps up and tries to win hairs with them, they want to go into war with them, but someone like an almost you said, Dixon and kind of that kind of stands off them. Maybe that's yeah. not. Um, if they they would, want. They would, they would prefer it. They want the battle, don't they? Yeah. they want the battle. Yeah, yeah. rather yeah. Lukaku up against the normal. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, uh, Chrissy, was it the case that Spain had uh, a lot of bark and no bite?
3: Um. Yeah, it probably was because they're they're missing a quality striker like they probably had in the past, maybe, a Torres or someone like that up front or. A, you know, um, just a, a striker that will basically finish a game. Like, you look at Kane, Lewandowski, and those different strikers, they didn't have that, um, and they could keep the ball as much as they wanted, but without a striker or someone to kind of kill the game for them, they were really never going to win it. And then look, I know it went to penalties, but they were the better team, I thought. I thought they were better in Italy. I thought Italy were sloppy. Um, I thought Italy probably played the best football throughout the tournament, but they were bossed in that game, as Kenneth said. And, you know, with someone more prolific or someone that would basically take the chances for them, um, they would actually win the game and they'd probably be in a final. So it says a lot for that Spain team because we probably we were probably a bit, not harsh on them, but I definitely said they stumbled to that position. But in the end, if that, if that had t- took the chances, they were in a final and they're probably a better team that we had praised throughout the tournament. So um I think they deserve great credit. And if they did get a striker, who could score... Spain are Spain are actually a very good team, to be fair.
0: Yeah, down the years, obviously Raul, Morientes, Villa, and um, to name a few. And um, but yeah, I think, think you're right about Spain. I think we all kind of dismissed them at the start, lads. We all did our kind of who we think would would win. And there was no mention of Spain. Well, first, there was no mention of Spain or England either. But and um, we but Dixon, you, you still had Italy. Um, like you said, Italy grounded out though, didn't they? So Who kind of impressed you for Italy? They made a few changes when, obviously, when they were started, when they knew that kind of Spain were taking over control of the game. Who impressed you for Italy on the night itself? Because it wasn't a normal Italian performance, you know, in in this competition anyway.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, I'd say the person who stood out the most to me was Verratti. Um, He got booked early on and I thought, this is a recipe for disaster because he was still flying into tackles, but he's just so good. Like He managed to... Be able to win tackles, even though he's on a booking and, and he was flying. into them now I have to say, uh, I thought it was an exceptional performance from him to have that discipline. Uh, you can see he's kind of starting to mature now into an elite, elite midfielder. Um, I thought Keiza was good. I thought in the first half he was playing really hard, and not really coming off him, but he persevered with it, and um, he looked very tired. But you could see he was just giving it, giving his all, and I think he was the, the most dangerous player anyway going forward. And uh, Sydney and the Mobile. Immobile were quite quiet, so um, yeah, Vrati and Chiesa for me.
0: Um, Kenna Spinazzola was injured, and obviously, Emerson played, the player that you know from his time at Chelsea. And um, do you think was that enough reason for the change of performance? Do you think that Italy really missed Spinazzola? because he's been really good in the tournament, hasn't he?
2: Yeah, I think they missed him. No, that I really do. I think you could see Emerson hasn't got. You know the legs from not playing. He didn't, hasn't played really at all for Chelsea this season. And when your fitness is so low, without game time, um, like Pete, you could say fresh legs. If it was fresh legs, and he had been playing a lot of games, um, during the season, and then you know was brought in, maybe you could say different. But he wasn't getting down the line like Spinazzola and I think Spain were trying to, you know, utilize the space down there with Cesar Aspilaqueta and Arjazabal, especially in the first half and. Almo was kind of pulling out there as well. I thought Emerson was disappointing in that game. I did. Uh, he made one good run, but he didn't know what to do at the end of it when he kind of when went through, brought the keeper out, but he didn't know really what to do. So I do think that was a miss, really, for Italy, Spinazzola, and, you know, maybe later when we talk about the build-up to the England game, you know, we'll have to discuss that a bit more, but, yeah, definitely a disappointing performance from him. Maybe it did, but, um, you know, uh, knock Italy a little bit because their passing is really to go out wide, and uh, he wasn't able to do it.
0: Yeah, and you see that in the celebrations after the game. And Sinha had a, a Spinazzola t-shirt a shirt on, so you see kind of how much he means to the squad. It's obviously an important player um, for the squad itself. And um, Chrissy, there was a lot made about the the coin toss for the penalties with Chiellini and Alba. I don't know if you've seen it, where Chiellini was kind of. Almost. How he, how how would you even describe it? He was like, almost. It was like it was his big brother. Yeah, he was grabbing, and kind of getting him in the headlocks and kind of he almost gave him, he nearly gave him a nugi there. You know what I mean? He was, he was, <laughs> literally, he was literally at him. I, I I don't know. it was a bit. There was a lot made of it, and people are saying, look, oh, that's Keelini won the he won the the penalty shootout there and then. What do you make of that? Or do you think that was just all a bit of bit of a laugh? So I think Keelini's that kind of character. What do you think yourself? If that was you on the other team, and it was a. There was a lad playing for uh, Kilkenny, and he was like six <laughs> foot three, a bit harding, and he, and he was acting like that a coin toss. What would you think yourself, your captain, your side? What would you think yourself, honestly?
3: I I think it's I think it's a really strong mentality that before a really kind of big moment where there's penalties, you're laughing and joking and and, and messing. But I I don't know I I feel like he was getting in Jordy Alba's head. You know I'm, I think I'm He he, he he lifted him up off the ground. You know, he was kind of showing, look, I'm bigger and stronger than you. He he was really in his head. And I love, there was something put up there the other day, would he have done it to Ramos? And, like, there's no way you would have done that to Sergio Ramos. Not a chance. Um, And whether it won the shootout knows it. People are always going to look at it and say that, but he was definitely in his head people were watching and going along uh, happening and Donnarumma was there as well. And it definitely sparks confidence when you see one of the main players is kind of happy and joyful about it. He's not kind of feeling the pressure, looking at the ground. Like it does inspire confidence, you know, acting like that. Um, and he definitely had a bit of fun and bullied Jordi Alba a bit. I, I found it quite, quite funny now, to be honest. Do you think, think was do you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um... I think the Hogan was grand, but once he lifted him off the ground, that was almost yeah. like I'm stronger. We're gonna win this. <laughs> and I tell you, all those ditchy players seen that. I and mean, they were more confident going up taking their penalties. Um, and and for a fact, it's a game of fine margins. And if you're confident going up taking a penalty, you're like, we're gonna boss these boys. They had it. They had it won before it was the ball was kicked.
0: Yeah, it would be when when you're an Italian player and you see your captain lifting up the Spanish captain like a rag doll. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're you gonna be he, you're going to get a little bit of confidence from it. I, I think it was premeditated, but yeah. I think he you can see he's
1: believe... already was so sour so... as <laughs> a.
0: Oh <he laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Either, like...
1: Well, if you were Jordy Albert, surely you should have. He should have. You know, he should have backed down and like, uh, as in, backed off him and pushed him away, like or shown something. Some like, sort like, of, if,
0: just yeah. sort of shown something. He's very passive, but in fairness, I'm sure Jordi Albert never experienced that. He probably was like, "What's going on here?" You know. Yeah. yeah. But um, I think Chiellini comes across a really nice character because he does be absolutely moaning as over on the pitch. and Do you know what I mean? Oh, he comes up to the ref and he's smiling at the, the ref, end. you know, hugging the ref, rubbing his shoulder or something like that. Um,
1: that's the Italian charm, I think, man. Like, they are <laughs> pretend to be your best friend, but it'll absolutely smash you then it comes
0: to the game. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a weird point, but yeah, I think um definitely affected. I'm not sure. It definitely didn't win the the, the shootout or anything, Kenneth, but um, it definitely had an effect. What do you think?
2: I think it had an effect, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's mind games, pure mind games by Chiellini. And,
0: experience um, as well.
2: Yeah, experience, very smart. Like, you know, to do that. Uh, like, Italy were, as you know for yourself, watching the extra time, they were tiring out. And uh, yeah, just try to knock a little bit into the Spanish players. And you can see the Italian players behind, like, you know, ready to go. Albert, if I was in that position, I would have pushed Chiellini away. If I could have knocked him to the ground with a push, I would have. But, um, very smart. That's, yes. that's kind of games, and that's the experience there, straight up from from playing in these competitions and playing in finals before.
0: Can I'll stay with you here. Um, I'm sure you like to comment on this one, Jorginho's penalty.
2: Oh, stop! <laughs> stop the lights. That is a king right there. What a penalty! Cool as ice. He's celebrating as the ball was kicked you, you you knew it was going in you know you just you just know he's a master at this and the hop skip and just it literally was going about one mile an hour rolling in that's just Jorginho's class act um i, I you know I, I knew straight away when yeah, spain missed that penalty i think it was morata as I, I knew that was going to happen Jorginho game was over you you don't even need to say anymore brilliant penalty
0: yeah fair enough lads so yeah italy got through um, against Spain um, after kind of roughing it out for 120 minutes and the penalties as well. So we move on, lads.
2: Like um, I'd like to add there, but Murata scored a brilliant goal in that game with the 1 2. Great That's, goal, yeah. He got three goals in the tournament. Like, what would you make of his sort of? I know he missed the penalty. He came on with about 15, 20 minutes to go and he did. Brilliant 1 2. Danny Omo, I thought, was the man of the match with the great creation, but. He actually put a nice goal in. Like, what would your what would all your thoughts be on Morata's tournament there? Three, he did score three goals, and I'm a, I, I did I'm his biggest critic.
0: Yeah, I think he for me he gets a lot of unfair stick, um. But I I don't think he is. I think when Spanish, especially Spanish fans or us fans looking at, we're we're comparing them to old strikers of the past, like Chrisy said, or Torres or uh, or Raúl or or Marientes, or whatever it is. But he's not that type of player. He done all right to get three goals. He's still not a top player for me. He's not that top elite player. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think he, there's some of the criticism he gets on on kind of media and social media and things that is going to be over the top. Um, but I don't know what like, you do that, think. You've got to be doing something
1: right if you're playing for Juventus, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid. Like He's obviously a great striker, but he's not that. that. We're comparing him to like Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Suarez. There's like yeah. that. So it's going to be an unfair stick. And... Fact that he's unbelievably handsome as well, it makes
0: him an easy target. <laughs> yeah. Would he be as sexy as Rafa now? Would he? Or <laughs> uh,
3: Chrissy, what do, you think, what do you think of his looks yourself? Is he a ten out of ten? Uh, actually, he'd be close. To it, to be fair to him, it's just a it's just a pity. It takes him a couple of couple of shots to score a goal. Like he's not absolutely prolific, is he? He just no, he misses exactly. a few and then scores. Like it was like it was destined from the miss that penalty. I actually felt sorry for him. Because uh, yeah. Yeah. before he stepped up, I actually knew it's just it's just him. He's gonna miss. He scored a great goal, so he has to miss this penalty. You know, it just if something goes right for him, it just seems to go wrong, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, similar to the Mbappe one, wasn't it? He came up and just thinking, Oh, he's gonna miss here. Just the way it's like yeah. it, almost like it was written. Same with the Murata one. I think we all we're all kinda of thinking that as well. But yeah, I feel sorry for him. I think he gets a lot of stick, but as Dixon said he you know, he, he's doing something right if he's playing for these top clubs and internationally for Spain and Enrique swears by him. Uh, you know, he always like he gets, lineup, gets you know? debt, his family get death threats and all, which is just ridiculous.
2: Like yeah, football
0: at the end of the day, like
1: he's doing his best, and it takes balls to step up to take a penalty. So that's yeah, often I yeah. that stuff there. I've
2: seen that Dixon as well. the death threats and all that ridiculous ridiculous.
3: See um, uh see on Twitter just someone put up something funny there. He just uh, he just said that he felt sorry for Murata missing the penalty. And uh he said he then he looked up at stand, the cameraman must be on it, and he showed his wife and he said I didn't feel sorry for Murata anymore. I felt sorry for myself instead. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> Unreal. Okay, lads. So the other semifinal was England, Denmark. and um, the game itself, of... Kinda- Without going into kind of the controversy at the end and things like that, kind of the, the actual ninety minutes, and um, what do you, how do you think it went? We impressed by Denmark, or what did you think?
2: Yeah, the first, I'd say, half an hour they were both kind of uh, sizing each other out. England probably the better side for the first twenty minutes. Denmark kind of came into the game and um, kind of controlled a bit more, and then obviously beautiful free kick. Um, silly fouls there, I thought, for a goal. Um, first foul was about 40, 45 yards on an angle there. And then I think Shaw pulled down. Christensen outside the box and some free kick, but I'd still say Pickford should save it. A top keeper saves that. Uh, Denmark looked tired, lad. I think they looked tired during the second half, especially. Um, I think substitutions were made a bit too quick. 60 minutes taken off, dams guards and a couple of others, they looked like they were very tiring out. England played quite well in the game, passing-wise. Um, they did create a number of chances, but um, Schmeichel was absolutely amazing in the game. In the 90 minutes, first of all, before you go later on, but he was amazing. Some of the saves, one of them from Maguire, the header, uh, especially. And uh, yeah, England were the better side in the first 90 minutes, with Denmark really resilient and uh,
0: but they did tire out Yeah I think I think actually Denmark were a better team right up until the goal and I think the goal whatever it was as soon as the goal went in, England started to play a little bit better and obviously you get the, go- the equaliser not long after but I thought Denmark actually started really well they were very brave I think they were the they came in and the whole thing was to keep the crowd quiet and they did for the first half an hour I think it did really well and when that goal hits the back of the net Absolutely brilliant. Was, like as I agree, he should have been saved. I thought the strike was brilliant. and watching it, and it was was uh, it was a class strike. And...
2: The theatrics, the theatrics of Pickford, like trying to do the jump and like you know the dive for the cameras, is just crazy. Yeah. Lad. I just I, I just don't get it. As a keeper, your first thing is to save a ball, and his thing is just I think for the cameras and attention and just brutal. Pickford's yeah, distribu-
1: was- distribution during the game was absolutely atrocious as well. Yeah, he he
0: looked he looked he looked like he was uh, he was nervous, but the occasion was getting to him, Dixon, didn't mm-hmm. it? Like,
1: look, he's got a monster of a goal kick, he can only get up to the edge of the box, but he tries to lash every ball he's kicking, like, and sometimes there's a simpler pass on, like Kyle Walker or Luke Shaw at wide, but he just tries to kick it as hard as he can, as far as he can, every time. He'd be a great junior seed keeper, don't get me wrong.
0: I don't get Chris, he'd be trying to sign him up. Um, <laughs> How what do you think of Denmark itself? I agree with Ken. I think they're definitely tired, and when yes. subs came on, you know, it's a big difference in squad depth. You know, when you're taking off, England can put on, you know, they can put on Grealish or whatever it is, and yeah. um, Phil Foden and things like that. You know, whereas Denmark, I think they were dead in their feet. I agree with Ken, and Damsgard was their was their best player. And I thought when, you, when you're taking him off, putting the legs of Poulsen, who didn't do badly, he's just not a dynamic kind of player, is he not? And I mean, you have to get up the pitch, yeah. you need some with pace. What do you think of Denmark overall, or do you think deserved it overall? Or... Uh, just first of all, I'd say
1: absolutely applaud Denmark for a start, because I don't want to keep going on about it, but they must be so emotionally drained from what happened. And a lot of them players wouldn't be used to playing in a, a semi-final of a big tournament, especially in front of 60,000. So I'd say the whole occasion probably got the better of him. That's probably why they started to look leggy uh in the second half. Um Dam's guard, unbelievable. He's he's gone straight to the top, I think. Um Barcelona are rumored to be interested. Um before that free kick went in. I said it to my to my girlfriend, I was watching it. I was like, this is going in the back of the net, and sure enough they hit it. Exact same technique as the goal he scored against Russia, I think. Um it was brilliant. Um and then I, d- I think guard was right to come off. He was looking very, very tired. But Dahlberg shouldn't have come off. He was the only one really getting shots at, at Pickford. I know they were tame enough, but he still looked okay. He looked bright enough. When Poulsen came on, he just looked like he didn't want to be there. Like He wasn't trying. He wasn't closing down. I know, obviously, maybe tactically he was told to sit in and not let them pass through the lines. But I think if you put pressure on Maguire and Stones, they could have, well, Stones in particular, sometimes can look a bit dodgy on the ball. Like So he just looked a bit... At the occasion, got the better of them, and overall, I'd say yeah, uh, England England deserve to win.
0: Yeah, I I I, I agree with that, and um, we get on to obviously Chrissy the way they won it with the penalty. For me, I think looking at all that Denmark have gone through in, in this competition, as Dixon said, to kind of the, the kind of emotional side of it and how much they've actually had to deal with as a as a team, obviously being threatened by the UEFA if they don't play the game. They'll, they'll be be forfeiting the game, that game against Finland. Is it, do you see it as an injustice as well? Because for me, it's not a penalty. There's two balls in the pitch, as of as pointed out. Well, I didn't even notice it at the game, uh, watching the game itself. What do you think yourself?
3: Well, I thought when I seen the penalty first, uh, I thought from my view and going like in... The normal way you would watch it that it was a penalty you in know real it was I, I, in real time yeah i, I yeah. thought it was a penalty but when they did slow when when it slowed down or when you seen the replay like it's clear from there that it's not a penalty how you don't how var don't look at that and say that it's not conclusive and get the referee to have a local i actually feel I, I feel sorry for the referee because he's looking at it in real time there's lots of bodies in around that box Um, I don't know how VAR do not back him up at all and say, look, will you have another look at that? We're not sure. The area I don't have sympathy for the referee is that there's no way he couldn't see that that football was on the pitch. Whatever about the players and whether there's contact, he definitely seen the football. And when there's two footballs on the pitch, naturally you blow the whistle. Um, So I do think it's an injustice in Denmark because England were dominating the game and people can say you deserve the goal. But you still have to score that goal. You have to, you know, create the chance to score the goal. And if Denmark held on and won in penalties, everyone would say, well, it was great hard from Denmark. They kept them out. It was great defending. So you can't just say, oh, well, England deserved it anyway. It has to be done right where the correct decision is made. And in this case, the referee got it wrong. Definitely with the football, I can have a little little bit of sympathy for the penalty decision. Uh, VAR really, really made a big mess for me. They are... Like they get to see three or four times where the ref doesn't, um, I think I think it's a disgrace, really, really bad.
0: And even it is the ball was on the pitch, that's one thing. But the fact that the game, the the ball that was in play went so close to the ball that was on the pitch, yeah. it was as if it was down the other end of the pitch. Like, yeah. do you know they, what I mean? They, it was right beside the actual ball. You might as well like you can't have um uh, another object on the pitch. It's it's against the rules. You might as well park a blimp on the pitch. It's the, yeah, it's the same rule basically. Kenneth I I agree beach with talk with that. But um the I agree with Wexford, Kenne. I agree with I agree with Chrissy there that the, he wins the penalty. He the, from the ref's angle, it showed the ref's angle. I think he from his angle it looked like he was Sterling was tripped. I think he, the ref was conned. But Var should be helping out the ref there surely.
2: Well, going back to the thing, there are two balls on the pitch, lads, as I pointed out in the game. You, no matter if I'm right in front of the goal for a tap-in, that needs to be stopped. It doesn't matter. The rule is you need to stop it. Uh, I don't know how the linesman is looking right in front of it from that so close and didn't say to the referee looked as two balls. The, pit. the referee should spot it anyway. It's a disgrace. Like Danny Madiecki, uh, the referees from Holland. And, uh, that was one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen in a long time. The penalty for me, I could see Sterling was on the way down. If you look at it properly from where I was got looking at it, um, I didn't think it was a penalty straight away. I said he's on his way down, he's gonna go down, and the referees angle there. I, I you know, I still don't I still you, you need to be seeing Sterling is on his way down before he, any sort of tackle is attempted to put in um put in the box. Obviously it's gonna be Look, you know, it could look like a penalty. Um, VAR, absolutely disgraceful, disgraceful. It points out the fact that we've done a VAR podcast before. Is it actually necessary? No, because the referee's decision was given. It's definitely not um conclusive. It's a clear and obvious mistake for me, because it's not a penalty that he should be sent over to the um VAR um his own sort of uh, view on it and say. Look, I think he's going to reverse it. I think the crowd got to him as well. I think the crowd got to the referee for the penalty call. And, uh, yeah, this is a disgrace for me. Absolutely disgraceful. And I feel very sorry for Denmark. As Dixon said earlier, Mostly drained. But it's an injustice for me. And the referee should hold his head in shame.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of um, other of our decisions because... Obviously, if VAR looked back on it, they should be easily able to see that there's another ball there. But they're so obsessed. Like I said, it's almost like they have a magnifying glass over the penalty decision. They don't actually see that it. it's another ball in the yeah. pitch.
2: Exactly. And, the worst part about it, the whole thing, Elliot, is just outside, you're talking about social media here. England, are going on. Some of them were saying, oh, yeah, maybe it's not a penalty. But, you know, look at Maradona. Look at Lampard. Look at Rooney's red card. We've got injustices and all that. Who cares? Like you know, this is we didn't have te- we didn't have the technology back then. Now we do. England during the game was sh- shining a laser on Kasper Schmeichel. They did it right in the penalty, right in front of the referee's view. Schmeichel actually told them, and he didn't do anything about it. So there's so much that that referee done wrong there that he needs to be punished by UEFA. You know, if it's to do with Champions League and the European competition, he needs to be banned from it for a while. Disgraceful. Oh, hang your head in shame, referee Danny Mukielli. Hang your head in shame.
0: And um, Dixon, we we kind of step away from the the kind of the penalty side of it, unless you have some other points on it. But the um, anyone one impre- really impress you for England, obviously, England look usually look shaky in these sort of big games. I thought they actually looked quite good. I think they dominated, you know, when it came to extra time and that they actually started to look really good on the, on the ball and look very confident. What do you think yourself?
1: Yeah, no, obviously, I'm happy to step away from the penalty. Obviously, we could talk about that all day, but. Uh... In terms of the England performance, yeah, it was it was decent. Uh some players in particular stood out. I would say Kane had a very good game actually. Uh he was kind of back to his, his Spurs ways, dropping deep, picking up the ball, making lovely passes. Uh he'd won there in the first half where he picked it up inside his own well, inside the Danish half on the right and he whipped in a lovely ball sterling, who was a couple of inches away. Um I think Shaw was good and I think McGuire did okay as well. Uh didn't do much wrong. He looked up for it. Um Mm. And Shaw, Shaw, Shaw kind of looks nearly overweight sometimes, but I think that's obviously his comfortable weight. And he was fine, even in the 120 minute getting forward. He was the first man forward at times, bringing the ball forward, of for them. Uh, I think he was very good. Um, yeah, it it was a good performance. Sterling did well too. Obviously, amid the controversy, but he had a good game. He looked bright. Um, so fair play to him. Like they just they just
0: ground it out yeah something they haven't done in the past isn't it not so yeah. um, getting that you talk about Kane he obviously slips in Saka doesn't he and then he, he gets yeah. the plays the ball across and it's the own goal but yeah Sterling I thought was very good as well but I thought Denmark had some great performances Schmeichel was absolutely brilliant as Kenneth said. said um, I thought Delaney and Heiberg just got stuck in the whole game and you could see Delaney was dead on his feet he got taken off eventually yeah. but as you said uh, Dahlberg was it <clears throat> Dixon yeah another good game and, and Damsgaard a quality player but just uh, unlucky in the end um, for Denmark, but <clears throat> obviously England go through and they're in their first finals in how many years? Um, so we'll have to move on to, lads, who do you think is going to win? Uh, Dixon, you were obviously from the start, you've backed Italy. Um, but you said kind of I don't know if off camera if that you think England are going to win the final.
1: Uh, I just kind of have a feeling in my stomach that they might win it, yeah. Not gonna lie to you, but I'm obviously still back in Italy they on my team. Back them from the start. Uh forza Zori, I hope the unbeaten one goes on.
0: Chrissy, what do you think? I know you I know you're I know who you're up for, but who do you think is gonna win? <laughs>
3: um I still I fancy Italy to regain their their form from previous in the tournament where they were playing lovely football um and winning games. Um I think they've I think they've shown enough to be able to beat England. Uh, One thing I am worried about is, I think Dixon mentioned there about Almo dropping deep and bringing out Benucci, which worked really well for Spain. I know Kane has the capability of doing that. And I just hope that it doesn't happen where Kane drops deep and Sterling and, you know, sort of England's quick players, maybe Saka going behind Sancho uh, and cause Italy troubles from there because Chiellini and Benucci would not be the quickest. Um, so I just hope that they're not exploited, you know, pace-wise with space in behind. But I think Italy won't tire and die, uh, die away kind of like Denmark did. Um, and I think it'll get, you know, shaky for England. They will be more tested with Italy, and I I think Italy will keep the ball better and kind of be more demanding. Um, if England were going to win it. Like Ford and Grealish, Henderson for leadership coming off the bench, fresh legs. It does make a difference and it is something they really have. But Italy were not afraid to make changes either. And they had some quality players at all coming off the bench too. So it's going to be a real battle. But I fancy Italy to, to just get over the line. Um, and obviously I want that as well. But I do think they will get over the line. So it won't be coming home. Thank God.
0: Yeah, I'll agree with you, Chrissy. Before I go to you, Ken, I'll agree. I'd say it's going to be, it's on a knife edge. I think England have a obviously big chance of winning. I'll just go Italy. Um, I think the reason Spain dominated the ball is because they can keep the ball so well in midfield areas. I just don't think that likes of, uh, you know, I don't think Rice and Phillips, who are good players, I don't think they can keep the ball as well as the Spanish side could. So I don't think England are going to dominate the game like like Spain did. So I think um it's going to be a lot more nip and tuck, but I think Italy will win. But I don't think it's going to be... a uh, it's not going to be a great game. That's it. it could be near a bore fest here. Um, and <laughs> she said, but then um, Kenny. What do you think? I'm going to go Italy. Just um, what about yourself?
2: Unfortunately, I'm going to go with England to win. Oh, uh, unfortunately. I, I hope it's coming. I think I hope it's coming to Rome instead of coming <laughs> home. but I do think England uh, will win the game. I think. It'll, it'll be the same lineups for both, maybe Berardi for Chiesa. Chiesa being kind of the option to come off the bench. They needed, Italy need someone to come off the bench with a bit of firepower. Um, but I think England, there, as uh, Dixon said, Kane will drop deep. They have Mount to oppress Jorginho, maybe Kane will come back and, and stop, try and stop him. Um, England, as you say, it could be a bore fest. They will play. The four at the back, and basically a six with Phillips and Rice. is basically a six. And if you know, I think Italy will dominate the ball uh, for the game, I think they will absolutely dominate the ball. It's immobile, hasn't really done it in the knockout stages. And I think, um, I do think England are susceptible for pace at the back, Maguire and Stones aren't the fastest. If you like, in the, especially in the game against Denmark, there there's a few balls over the top. Walker had to save them, but I think down the sides, I think Spinazzola was a big miss down that side against Saka. Sterling can turn, and he has had a great tournament. Um, Kane is just a, a match winner. Maybe Donnarumma could be, you know, a savior here, which I'm hoping. But I think we'll go to extra time and. England to sneak uh, a win 0-0 in the 90 minutes as I say borefest. but England to speak it um, just looking back to when England won it in 66 they, had, they played 6 out of 7 games back then at home now it's, it's going to be 7 out of 8 at Wembley and the crowd there as well English uh, I don't want to say another word about the English fans about. You know, bad names because they could go all day but uh booing national anthems, but I do think
0: they will uh win it. It's a huge I'd, game, whatever way you look at it, isn't it? I think I'd
1: be a lot more confident if uh Spinazzola was was playing. so um, exactly. like we touched on before, obviously Kane can you really know, have to ask, and it sounds ridiculous because they're two of the best centre backs of our generation, but you know, you have to ask K- Kigalini and Panucci to be even more disciplined and maybe not follow Kane out into because I think the full-backs of Italy wouldn't be the strongest and they could be no. susceptible because Sterling no. has to make them out to in runs. I know they're impossible to defend against sometimes, but I'd fa- fancy Spinazzola to be a better defender than an Emerson or a Di Lorenzo.
2: I hope, I hope uh, in the game, I know it's Bjorn Kuypers as the referee. I just hope he's not um, influenced by the crowd. He came out and said that ferrati told him to F off in the last two games that he's refereed and I hope he just is no biased and just referees the game the way a referee should and uh, make the correct calls. Is he definitely the ref? Yeah, and I hope he's definitely the ref. Beyond Kuypers um, okay. is the referee, and I'm just hoping we get a proper game of football. If uh, it could be boring or whatever, as Elliot said, but correct decisions are called. I hope it's coming to Rome, but as I say, I'm not too confident at the moment.
0: Thanks for listening to the Flatback 4 podcast. Let us know what you think on Facebook and Instagram. Is it coming home or coming to Rome?